our 72nd year of serving Southeast Ohio. AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H-F-N's. Well, a little minor correction to that idea a moment ago. In fact, I'll tell you the whole story in a few minutes, but... 9.70 a.m. is not on the air this morning. Hasn't been for a day or two. But our 97.1 FM signal for 9.70 is on the air. All our streaming is working well. And, of course, our sister station, Power 105, it's on the air. And I'll tell you that story here in a moment. But it's a beautiful morning outside. Look at that sunshine. 56 degrees right now. They say it'll climb up to 75 today. And then as you look ahead for the rest of the week, it's all in the lower 80s. Just wonderful. And really very little mention of rain. Maybe next Saturday a little bit or Sunday, but uh, just beautiful weather this week, so enjoy it, please. Today is uh, May 9th, Uh, of course the year is 2022. Okay, so Scott, um, as you know, um, our transmitter site is out on the end of Armitage Road. Yes. We have two transmitters there. One is a main, the other one is a backup. The main is, um, I don't know, 12 years old, the transmitter. Actually, it's more than that, but still. uh, As broadcast transmitters go, that's not an old item. Um, The backup uh, was used years ago, even before my years here at this station. But it's still a good transmitter. And um, it just uses more electricity, <laughs> if you know what I mean. It's not as efficient as the new one. Okay, so uh, the newer transmitter uh, had a part failure. And so the company that services it is located in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. So we put all the parts in a package and sent it via one of our, you know, well-known commercial carriers to Baton Rouge, Louisiana with the address and all of that and insured it for $3,000, the parts. And Michael Patton down there, who is the specialist on this transmitter, was going to repair them all and then return them. He's never received them. And so we got to, you know, in with the carrier and said, uh, okay, uh, evidently this is a lost package. Uh, But more than that, it's also insured for 3000 This all occurred on March 24th. Today is May 9th. 
So even as early as recently as today, this morning, I'm on the phone with the carrier and saying, we got to get this thing resolved. Now our backup transmitter has failed. And, um, and, and the engineer who has the most knowledge about that uh, is, is um, not in town. <laughs> he's, in, he's retired, right? But he's, he's certainly willing to do stuff uh, to help us, but he's just not here. So hopefully later in the day we'll get some bit of information about that. What a mess. And they can't wow. find our package. They can't find our package. Wow. And uh, so the company that was going to repair it said, well we'll, well, we'll send you new parts. Well, yeah, please do. Yeah. Um, we don't have to repair something you already have. We'll just get you new stuff. And uh, so that's the next conversation to take place here after the show ends today. All right. So, folks, I'm sorry that you're limping along with us a little bit. But, uh, of course, on your cell phones, on your Internet um, computers and all of that stuff, you can listen to us live. Um, our 97.1 uh, signal for WATH is working. Uh, it doesn't reach out quite as far as our normal signal. Uh, it's it's more confined to our county. Um, and then our sister station, Power 105, they're doing just fine over there. Well, that certainly has Murphy's Law stamped all over that oh package, my. doesn't it? And then on top of the that, whole situation. here's another little wrinkle to it that I didn't add initially. When I went to the office to ship the package, I told them the... I, I gave them the, the address, 12313, and then the street. They, they added an extra three in there. They just hit the key twice. Yeah. <laughs> so that was our first awareness that something was wrong. It didn't arrive. So then we called them and said, hey, as we look at what you've sent, you had an extra three in the uh, street address. So they dropped that out, and it still didn't arrive. <laughs> Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And on top of that, this... this uh, There's more. <laughs> this Industrial Plex Boulevard, it's called. Industrial Plex Boulevard. It's only four blocks long. Wouldn't you think they could find that package? Uh, yeah, or if someone received it inadvertently... Would know would report the destination. To, yeah, yeah. And just take it to them or call them and say, "Hey, we got a package here for you." Yeah, you'd think. You'd kinda, think. Kind of work in uh, tandem there or help each other out. Sure. One of those things. Because so, just the very name Industrialplex sounds like it's a, an industrial area, right? Yeah, like a huge. So they may have sh uh, shipping issues once in a while, and they would work it out with one another. Yeah. Oh, well, enough about our troubles. Well, one more thing, though. When are the new parts supposed to arrive? Well. Or, or did they? That all hasn't that? been worked out yet. Um, 
Michael Patton. Um, well, well, frankly, it's it's not something I'm involved in. It's something that Harry and Jeff, Jeff and Dave, and Dave are working on. And well, I would think they would. Oh yeah. Okay, just me, but get on the ball if you haven't received it. What within a week, which would have been May thirty first, to to. Uh, get on the stick and ship out those parts. Well, first of all, they thought they'd find it quickly. And obviously that hasn't that happened. That hasn't happened. Yeah. So okay. where where are my new parts is my question to them. Yep. And they are your new parts because, uh, of course, you're the feature guy on 970 <laughs> in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Well, all I'm, right. I'm well, reminded. anyway, that, that's what's going on, folks. We just thought. Uh, yeah. In case you were wondering, I've been reminding folks that if they – know of someone that normally listens on 970 to have them flip over to 97.1 or check yeah. out the simulcast on the live stream. Sure. And the, the easiest way that I found to get to that live stream is just Google W-A-T-H yes. live. And then it will take you to uh, when it opens up, you, there's a, a little box there, a feature that says listen live. And there's no charge or anything no, like that. No, no. All you got to do is just click on that. You can hear it on your phone, uh, your computer, your desktop, laptop, yeah. Yeah. tablet, whatever, whatever, whatever you listen you're to. Using, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's readily available, comes in crystal clear. So there's options. Yes, indeed. May 9th it is, folks, 2022. Today is National Homefront Heroes Day. What do you think that means? Um, well, those serving on the home front would be my guess. Okay. Um, I was, first responders. I, I thought that might be it, but I just wanted to get a second opinion. Those types of things here. We can, uh, I'm perusing it as we speak. Um, and that was National Home Front Heroes Day, right? Mm-hmm. So let's just find out what they are talking about. And okay. here we have it. Um, National Home Front Heroes Day, each day on May 9th, it honors millions of civilians, past and present, who provide support to service members from the home front. Like Rosie the Riveter, I'm going to use as an example, in World War II. Yes. Dedicated heroes roll up their sleeves, support neighbors, communities, and our nation at home while our service members are abroad. Okay. As a result, service members have a peace of mind knowing their families, businesses, and communities are taken care of at home. Today is National Alphabet <clears throat> Magnet Day. Okay, now, in my house, we have, I don't know, somehow or other we have these alphabetized, no, 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 magnetic alphabet letters, right? Yes. Like toy things. And over the years, I we've acquired enough of them with all the grandkids that I can now put on the refrigerator door, in order of birth date, all of our eight grandkids. Spelled correctly, everything. I also have all our all our pets. <laughs> I don't know. That was a that was a. Well, they're family too. Yeah, you know. But I mean, it's 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 amazing. I had all of the letters. 
Okay. Well, that's pretty good. National Alphabet Magnet. All 26 letters. Several times. Anyway, <laughs> National Sleepover Day. National Lock Sock. No, no. National Lost Sock Memorial Day. National Moscato Day. I enjoyed some Moscato yesterday. Um, that's a wine, folks. Kind of a sweet wine. National Butterscotch Brownie Day. Let's see here. There's at least one more. Let me turn the page. Oh, just one more. National Women's Checkup Day. So, uh, women's health, right? Yes, it happens on the second Monday in May each year and focuses on the importance of regular routine visits for women as part of the National Women's Health Week. I brought in a little item here. Uh, it says Mother's Day. It was declared by former President Woodrow Wilson. And um, let's see, when did that happen? 1914. So we've been doing it over 100 years now. May 9th, 1914, President Woodrow Wilson announced the first ever Mother's Day. Although today's Mother's Day is a simple holiday with a long tradition behind it, the origins of a holiday are surprisingly complicated and full of conflict. Let's see here. The story of Mother's Day began with Anne Jarvis in 19, I'm sorry, 1858. And, uh, whoops, my printer went off. So, um, I guess I don't have the whole story here. Well, I'm, I apologize for that. But anyway, I do have an old photograph of the first Mother's Day being on the second Sunday in May. And in very historical print, it says, In honor of the best mother who ever lived, your mother. Write or go home. So send her a note or visit her is what they're getting at. Mother's Day was nice yesterday. Good. It's observed in 40 countries. Is it really? I yeah. didn't I didn't know that. Uh, and did uh, this Moscato... How, how did that come to pass if it was a presidential thing? Why are other countries jumping in on it? Uh, that is a good question. I, I think it's great. Maybe, but maybe they saw it was a good thing. Yeah. And, you know, a presidential thing or not, a good uh, trend to start observing in the 40 countries. Sure. All around the world. You were starting to say something. Uh, Mother's Day. Did the Moscato have a tie-in to Mus uh, Mother's Day by any chance? No, we, 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 we went out to dinner, 
and um, and it was just Pat and myself. It was very nice. And uh, I said, you want a glass of wine? She said, sure. So we got a bottle of Moscato. And well, good. Uh, Had a good dinner, I presume? You know, Alfonso Contriciani. At we, the country club. We've had him in here before. He, well, he does so many projects. Yeah. Um, but his staff did a, did a terrific job, yes. <coughs> On um, Friday night, we went to the annual Dairy Barn Art Auction. No, 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 it was Saturday night. We went to the annual Dairy Barn uh, Art Auction. Seems to me there's been a couple of years they've not been able to do that because of COVID. But it was back in full blast um, this past Saturday night. Full house. Again, lots of wonderful food. Uh, sort of hors d'oeuvre but what, you can fill up on hors d'oeuvres easily, you know? Uh, yeah. And um, then there was a silent auction where people walk around, look at things, and put in their bid number. And then there was a live auction, you know, which, uh, oh, the Sheridan family always help out with. Um, Sheridan auctioneers, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And um, it was a very nice event. And um, and this is a, a very significant fundraiser for the Dairy Barn Cultural Arts Center here in Adams. Cool. Sounds like you had a busy weekend. Uh, that's pretty normal. We we like to do things like that. Well, that's terrific and wonderful. My daughter at the dairy barn. You know, I had a lot to do with the dairy barn in its early days. I think I've told that story probably too often. Uh, but my daughter is currently the secretary of the board. And uh, it's fun to have someone following your footsteps. You know what I mean? Sure. I'm proud of her. Yep. Jackie. Good. All right. Uh, let's see. Historical events. Well, if before we go to this, I, I just found something about Mother's Day, too, speaking of Lay it uh, on just me. a bit ago. The sure. modern holiday was first celebrated in 1907 when Anna Jarvis held the first Mother's Day service of worship at Andrews Methodist Episcopal Church in Grafton, West Virginia. Now that church holds an International Mother's Day shrine there. Mm. So it happened uh, right in our neighboring state. Okay, in, no. Then in 1908, the U.S. Congress rejected a proposal to make Mother's Day official holiday. Okay, now wait a minute here. Uh, so the president... Our national president, Woodrow Wilson, in 1914, attempted to do this. Give me the date of your event. Okay, yeah, that is that is correct. But let me go back here. 1908, Congress rejected a proposal oh. to make Mother's Day an official holiday, joking that they would also have to proclaim it Mother-in-Law's Day, too. Huh. However... With the efforts of Anna Jarvis, by 1911, all U.S. states observed the holiday, with some of them officially recognizing Mother's Day as a local holiday, again, the first being in West Virginia. 
uh, there, as we mentioned earlier. Then, mm-hmm. in 1914, uh, President Woodrow Wilson signed a proclamation designating Mother's Day to be held on the second Sunday in May as a national holiday to honor mothers. So there's the timeline when it began. I've got one more date, and I don't remember if you said this or not, but the Ann Jarvis effort began in 1858. Was that mentioned there? Uh, It was not because it says the first, well, and that very well could be because it says the... uh, first modern holiday was first celebrated in 1907 so she may have been started to working begin working on it in that particular year that's over 50 years of effort on her part yeah so they they just and others too of kept course. it going it began there in west virginia and uh caught on as they say all right i just thought that was interesting that you know, it originated sure. in our neighboring state, West Virginia. Absolutely. So something good that they don't get enough credit for, but they can sure get banged on for other things. But we're going to give them some positive vibes today. There you go. Um, Certainly a beautiful state. Oh, my. Yes. What's that place? Cheat Lake, is it called? Yeah, there's one there um, near Cheat Mountain. And beautiful resort and everything. Canaan Valley's over there. Yep, the ski All resorts right. over there. Well, let's uh, do some more historical events. Uh, in the year, on this date, in six... Started over, Palmer. On this date in 1386, the Treaty of Windsor between Portugal and England, the oldest diplomatic alliance in the world, is still in force. Wow. 1865, President Andrew Johnson issues a proclamation declaring armed resistance in the South is virtually at an end. This is the commonly accepted end date of the American Civil War. 1901, the first Australian Parliament opens in Melbourne. The first working session will not be until the 21st of May. Nineteen forty-one, British intelligence at Bletchley Park breaks the German spy codes after capturing Enigma machines aboard the weather ship Munchen. Nineteen forty five, World War Two, the Soviet Union marks Victory Day. Getting more closer in time, in nineteen sixty, the US becomes the first country to legalize the birth control pill. And the last one in in twenty eighteen. Just a couple years back, the historic win in Malaysian general election by opposition coalition Pakatan Harapan, led by 92-year-old Prime Minister Dr. Mahatmir bin Mohammed, defeating Prime Minister Najib Razak, and in so doing, ending 61 years of rule by the 
Barisan National Coalition. Well, let's see. Famous birthdays. Billy Joel. Billy Joel. I had the pleasure of meeting him one time when he played here at OU in 1979. Well, he's celebrating his 73rd birthday today. It was totally unexpected meeting, and it it was just a wonderful thing to meet him. Such a cool guy. Very nice man. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other three birthdays we have to mention are all... Um, passed away let's see is there an order we can put them in not necessarily okay first uh, in the couple these aren't known to me uh, Howard Carter he was born in 1873 died in 1939 Howard Carter Howard Carter was a British archaeologist and Egyptologist who discovered the intact tomb of the 18th dynasty pharaoh Tutankhamun. In November 1922, the best preserved pharaonic tube, uh, tomb ever found in the Valley of the Kings. It, it kind of was in a tube. Tube, cube. Tomb. Tomb. Cube. Tube. Yep, that's him. He's the guy that discovered King Tut. Mm. Did you ever visit the King Tut uh, display? I did not. I did. We, we actually went to Chicago to do so. It was amazing. Okay, the next person we wish to uh, recognize is that of John Brown. Born in 1800, died in 1859. Now, you got to imagine... You've got plenty of John Browns to look oh up. Oh, my, yeah. 1800, we'll try that one. Okay. John Brown, 1800. To 1859. He was an American abolitionist leader, first reaching national prominence for his radical abolitionism. What was he best known for? He led the raid on the federal arsenal at Harpers Ferry, Virginia, now in West Virginia, in 1859, that he he hoped would spark a slave rebellion. Okay, the last uh, famous birthday, that of Henry Kaiser, Henry J. Kaiser. He was born in 1882, died in 1967. Henry John Kaiser was an American industrialist who became known as the father of modern American shipbuilding. Prior to World War II, Kaiser was involved in the construction industry. His company was one of those that built the Hoover Dam. Yeah, remarkable. Yes. Still is. Yes. Um, There was some show over the weekend. It was... um, Oh, a comedy movie. Um, oh, shucks. I can't remember the principal's names in it, but it was a series of movies featuring uh, this uh, family going about different places. Anyway, one of them featured... Um, um, oh, this guy was famous from uh, Saturday Night Live. Will Ferrell? No. Adam Sandler? 
Mm, maybe. It was before Will's time. Oh. Anyway. John Belushi. <laughs> that was way before. Anyway, they uh, he was lost inside Hoover Dam. He had been in a, a touring group and somehow or other got distracted. Dana Carvey, Mike Myers. I don't know. <laughs> so, um, anyway. Okay, so Cyrus Eaton, famous death. He was born in 1883, died in 1979. Cyrus Eaton. E-A-T-O-N. All righty. I was Googling that movie here just yeah, a second. Sorry uh, about that. That's okay. Cyrus Eaton. He was a Canadian businessman. He was a Cleveland-based Canadian-American investment banker, businessman, and philanthropist. With a career that spanned 70 years for decades, Eaton was one of the most powerful financiers in the American Midwest, and he was a colorful and often controversial figure. Mm-hmm. I think my Uncle Dean... I think they worked together some. Okay, the last one is Tenzing Norgay. And um, Tenzing um, was born in 1914, died in 1986. Tenzing Norgay, and also referred to as Sherpa Tenzing, was a a Nepali Indian Sherpa mountaineer. He was one of the first two people known to reach the summit of Mount Everest, which he accomplished with Sir Edmund Hillary right. on May 29, 1953. Everyone remembers Edmund Hillary, but they don't think of this gentleman either who accompanied him. Right. So um, while we were at the Dairy Barn auction, Saturday night. The Kentucky Derby was taking place. And there were a couple people who were kind of annoyed. They really wanted to watch the Derby. But not too many. And I thought, well, surely they'll announce a little bit about it since there's such interest in it. But they didn't. And then it wasn't until... uh, I forgot about it eventually. So it wasn't until Sunday morning that I realized what had happened. And this is kind of a a wild story, isn't it? Uh, Yes. So, Scott, you being the, you know, second only to Connor in terms of our sports um, nuts, (laughs) um, lay it on us. I'll tell you what, this this horse was fantastic. And if you get a chance to see the video... It is amazing to watch it, not only in normal speed, but as they fast forward, watching this horse named Rich Strike, and indeed he did, pull from the back of the pack, weave his way through the pack of horses, and get on the inside next to the rail, and then back out, and then back in, to come from the rear of the pack to win the Kentucky Derby as a long shot of 80 to 1 odds. Now, as I understand it, the horse wasn't even supposed to be in the Derby. That is correct. 
He was a last-minute addition to the Derby from the field from the also-eligible list on Friday morning. And uh, in in the uh, uh, process of that, a horse apparently was unable to obviously get into the Derby, so they needed a replacement. Well, this replacement just happened to be Rich Strike. And if you placed a bet on that, $2 bet, uh, you you won $163.60 for that horse to win. Now, some of these odds, uh, I think the favorite was Epicenter at 4-1. to one. Uh, Epicenter finished second and Zandon third. Uh, Epicenter was 4-1 to one odds, Zandon 6-1 to one odds, so not much of a payout there on a $2 bet. But get this, for the super high five, uh, placing a bet on that, uh, a $1 bet won. Okay, this is where you have to pick the five horses in a row exactly to finish as they do in order to win. You would win $741,018. For $1. Yeah, on that bet. But you would have had to gotten the first five horses in a row as they finished correct. And did anyone do that? Um, not to I my knowledge. I wouldn't think so. I wouldn't think so. Now, uh, let's see. I saw a feature over the weekend that a uh, gentleman placed three $50 bets on Rich Strike to win. And can you imagine the payout he got on that one? Quite a nice payout there. No. So if, if you understand the betting, typically the bet is $2. You can bet a horse to win, place, or show, which is first, second, or third place. Uh, you can place them at a double. Uh, they can finish either first or second. You pick two horses in exacta, same thing. Uh, the trifecta, pick three, you know, goes on like that. You have to pick them to finish in that order. Mm-hmm. First, second, third, in order to win the most money that way. And that that is something I don't really understand well, but uh, what a story. Oh, my. Now, a 50-cent bet. I don't know how they do 50-cent bets, but this is the chart I'm looking at. For a trifecta, if you picked all three horses correctly in a row with that long shot finishing number one, you would have won $7,435.35. Wow. Yeah. But as they say, who knew that Rich Strike would come from the rear to win it all? He wasn't even supposed to run. Nope. But my goodness, that horse turned on the Jets at the end of the race there. One time maiden claimer as a. Uh, she was referred to. Well, Epicenter was the favored horse. She cleared him to win. And uh, boy, oh boy, the celebration was on. But if you get a chance, like I said, to watch that video, mm-hmm. it is really something to watch that horse weave its way up through the pack to win. It's something you just don't see in the kentucky derby and it's described as the most exciting two minutes in sports and it and it is exciting yeah 
never attended one in person. I've attended a couple others in person. What's the one in Baltimore? Uh, Preakness or something? Yeah, I think so. Now I'm thinking of Churchill Downs. Where's that one at? The Preakness, uh, the Belmont Stakes. Yeah. I think it's in New York, I want to say. But uh, I like when they show the crowd, the the get-ups, you know, the – Oh, yeah. There's there's the quite a, a lot of dressiness. Yeah, the outfits that are worn by by both men and women, and mm-hmm. it's just neat to see the, you know, the the dressing of uh, of the fanfare of the Kentucky Derby. I mean, it's been that way for years, yeah. even in the very beginning. Well, let's uh, change topics, and this is a, a major change. Uh, we're going to talk about Russia. And the Ukraine. And um, so as of this morning, we have a story that says dozens of Ukrainians are believed to have been killed and an unknown number injured after a Russian bomb struck a school in the eastern town of Belokorivka. Belokorivka. Forgive my pronunciation. But they go on where at least 90 people were believed to have been sheltered. The strike comes amid ramped-up attacks by Russia on eastern and southern Ukraine as Russia attempts to secure a symbolic victory on its Victory Day. The celebration held today commemorates the Soviet Union's defeat of the Nazis in World War II. Separately, Russian forces continued to assault a massive steel plant in the southern city of Maripol, where Ukrainian troops have held out for nearly two weeks. Reports over the weekend suggested all remaining civilians had been evacuated from that complex. Related, we have the First Lady, Jill Biden, and Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, who each made separate surprise visits to the Ukraine over this weekend. All right. The next leading story is the Kentucky Derby. But we've kind of hit that well enough already. But Rich Strike, we'll remember that name for some time now. Yeah. I think I said she when I was mentioning him earlier. So, Rich Strike. I didn't know the difference. I mean, it's a, a male horse. I see. Yes as opposed to a female horse. Correct. i got a story in here about the Philippines. Voters in the Philippines cast ballots today, deciding between the range of different candidates seeking to replace the outgoing president, Rodrigo Duterte, right? Ten contenders are in the election, but two starkly different candidates lead the pack. 
We're talking about left-leaning Lenny Roberto and populist Ferdinand Marcos, Jr. Marcos, popularly known as Bong Bong, <laughs> is a former senator and son of the former dictator Ferdinand Marcos, who ruled the country from 1965 to 1986. Then Roberto is the opposition leader who has galvanized the so-called Pink Revolution and a former economist and human rights lawyer. Duterte, um, who has pursued a harsh crackdown on drug use and crime in the country, has remained neutral, despite his daughter being Marcos' running mate. Separately, pro-Beijing candidate John Lee was selected by a Chinese-controlled committee to become the next chief executive of Hong Kong. He received more than 99% of the vote. Wow. That's pretty good. Let's see here. Outdoor furniture, you know, we've, we're all spending more time outside now that it's seasonably great. I pulled out two folding chairs the other day to take to um, oh, an Athens High School baseball game, you know, where you sit outside the, uh, uh, the home run fences and all that. Yeah, in the lawn. And didn't realize how badly they were. They had gotten in kind of bad condition. So here's a story about outdoor furniture reimagined. Let us guess. It is old, dried out, 60% broken, and uncomfortable? We had a hunch. Which is why Outer created its all-weather wicker collection. It's, a, it's the future of wicker furniture, coming in brown or black with five different cushion color options. Why am I selling furniture? These products are simply built differently. They can withstand over 2,000 hours of ultraviolet ray exposure, so the colors stay vibrant season after season. And the frames are made from post-consumer recycled materials. So a single all-weather wicker chair diverts at least 99% plastic bottles from landfills. And guess what? They're comfortable, too. Well, I'm glad they're doing something useful out of that. All right. Let's see here. I think I'm done with this report. We'll set it over here. Okay. And I'll reach hey, over. Hey, we, we had a caller on Friday, and b before you get to that, too, just wanted to mention something just related to the caller on Friday about the uh, J&J &J vaccine mm -hmm. uh, issues that now, uh, you know, the caller brought this up about um, the vaccine 
shift being shifting uh, guidance on the use of that vaccine. Uh, not only is the FDA uh, saying to uh, kind of stray away from it, but Dr. Joseph Gastaldo, who is an infectious disease specialist uh, position at Ohio Health, uh, has also said this is a very serious type of brain blood clot that we've talked about, uh, that he has talked about. So uh, he's very proficient in this, and he's advising patients to stay away from that vaccine because of that now. So uh, just a word out about that. We usually talk about covid here too um and also with the covid stats i saw this morning on the news that five ohio counties in ohio now are showing alarming rises in infections and athens county is one of those five counties so with the subvariant folks it is real out there so please uh just to, some advice to remain vigilant on that and diligent with uh, hand washing social distancing, even masking, uh, not to cause any alarm, but just to be aware of this as uh, Cuyahoga County now has returned to a red county status. So with this sub-variant around, uh, it's happening again. And uh, Cuyahoga, folks, is a Cleveland. Yeah. And uh, I, I was told by a very close friend, dear friend of mine, that uh, they attended a conference in Denver. They all had to show vaccination cards Mm -hmm. to get in the conference or a negative test within the last 24 hours. And uh, multiple attendees there contracted COVID. And now they have returned to their areas they came from, some returned to Ohio. Uh, So again, uh, this was a conference relating to covid uh, information and research and uh, uh, you know there again multiple infections happened at that conference so uh, please be aware of that even though they were required to show vaccination uh, you know you can still get it even though you're vaccinated hopefully you don't but again just a word of advice to please be aware of that that this subvariant obviously is affecting Ohio again too with Cuyahoga County going red and Athens County being named as one of the five counties in Ohio that is uh, showing alarming increasing rates of uh, COVID infection. Um, today is Victory Day in Europe. That's a holiday honoring World War II that has long been important to President Putin, right, from Russia. Um, For much of the past two decades, the U.S. and its European allies have chosen not to confront Vladimir Putin. Even as Russia invaded Georgia, annexed Ukraine's Crimea. In our 72nd year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H, FM. CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com. I'm Deborah Rodriguez. 
Markets are open for business, and the sell-off continues days after the Dow notched its worst performance in two years, triggering new fears of recession. CBS News business analyst Jill Schlesinger says it's about more than inflation and rising interest rates. Investors are feeling anxiety about where the economy goes next amid the war in Ukraine, amid rolling shutdowns in China over COVID, and amid great uncertainty. The Dow down 376 points in early trading, S&P off 67. In Moscow, Vladimir Putin used Russia's annual military victory parade, marking the defeat of Nazi Germany, to justify his war on Ukraine. Today you're defending what your fathers and grandfathers and great-grandfathers were fighting for. In Poland... Protesters threw red paint on the Russian ambassador as he arrived at his ceremony to pay respects to Red Army soldiers who died in World War II. Dangerous gusty winds are still blowing across northeast New Mexico, where wildfires are threatening thousands of homes. Jane Ludson's house in San Miguel County was destroyed. Looking out towards Hermit's Peak, all you see is just huge black swaths of land that have been burned. So it's a devastation for this area that it's never seen before. Something unusual is becoming more usual in South Carolina. CBS's Jim Crisula. Many people in the Columbia, South Carolina area were awakened by a 3.3 magnitude earthquake about 1.30 this morning. There were two aftershocks, a 1.6 magnitude and a 1.8 magnitude. Nearly 30 earthquakes have been recorded near Elgin, South Carolina since mid-December. A Broadway musical about an aspiring theater writer leads the way in Tony Award nominations. I am a Disney usher. I'm barely scraping by. A strange loop picked up 11 nods this hour. The Michael Jackson musical MJ6, Girl from the North Country, and Billy Crystal's Mr. Saturday Night in the running for Best Musical. Don't get me started. The Music Man and Hugh Jackman nominated for Best Musical Revival. Oh, the Lehman Trilogy is up for Best Play.